You're listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Hi, and welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. We are here with you, sponsored by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome to the show. I'm Andrew Berkshire. I'm with Mary Clark. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Andrew Berkshire, at Mary C. Clark, and follow the podcast uh, on Twitter as well, uh, at Crosscheck NHL. Today, we've got a great show for you. We're going to talk about awards, because we're almost at the playoffs here. Uh, awards season is upon us. Uh, we're going to talk about who deserves the Vesna, who should get the heart, who should win the Norris, you know, the three big awards, essentially, in the NHL. And also, we've got some breaking news uh, heading into the show about Jack Eichel. So we're going to hit on that. But before we get into it, Mary, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. Uh, did some writing, did some relaxing. Sadly, it wasn't too nice out um, in Pennsylvania, so I couldn't really, you know, sit outside. Um, yesterday, it was cold and uh, rainy, but we had a good Mother's Day uh, with my mom. And yeah, it was Pretty pretty relaxing stuff. Nothing too crazy, I think. Yeah, we, we did all right here. Uh, it was like 13 to 15 all weekend, so we stayed outside as much as we possibly could with the kids and had a relaxing Mother's Day. Got Kish some some pastry and uh, a nice dumpling dinner because she loves dumplings. And uh, yeah, pretty decent. But uh, nice. we'll get straight into it. Uh, Jack Eichel did a media availability to close out the Sabre season, I suppose. And uh, John Vogel who is a Buffalo Sabres reporter for The Athletic, was tweeting out some quotes, and uh, there's a bit of a... I don't know if it's necessarily a bombshell, but it's pretty interesting, to say the least. Mm -hmm. uh, Eichel was sidelined with a herniated disc in his back this season, and he essentially told John Vogel and other members of the media that he was told by the Sabres, or prevented by the Sabres, from getting an operation to fix his back and he was saying like uh, the, you know the, the way he framed it was you know like his body his choice and Eichel said it doesn't work like that I wish I'm under contract with the team and they definitely hold a lot of cards on what I can and can't do and that's true for things like risk taking in the NHL like I know some contracts have like a, an NHLer can't go skiing for example because mm -hmm. it's too great of a risk of injury but in terms of getting a surgery to repair your body that seems insane to me. <laughs> he would be restricted from doing that. It's not like the Sabres had a lot to play for this year. And uh, Vogel also pointed out that there is uh, a grievance process for injuries in the CBA, the, the collective bargaining agreement, where the team doctor can have an opinion, the player can get a second opinion, and if the sides don't agree, they can go to an arbitrator, which even then seems pretty, like regressive to me like if a mm -hmm. player gets an outside opinion from a doctor uh and that doctor says this person needs surgery the player should be well within their rights to get surgery <laughs> like mm -hmm. what is going on here i thought we got past this with eric lindros yeah yeah i i i don't want to play like twitter doctor here or whatever because i am definitely not a medical professional um uh, but on first glance it doesn't seem good um i am willing to wait to see um because uh, John Vogel did say that there's no word on whether Eichel reached out to initiate this grievance process. Um, so who knows? But it does seem a very backwards way to do things, um, especially for something like a herniated disc in his neck. That seems um, pretty like it, like 
not I don't know if serious is the right word, but it's a it's a major injury. So I would hope that he would be allowed to get whatever medical surgery is necessary. But like I said, I'm not I'm not a medical professional. I, I don't really uh, deal with that type of stuff. So I'm not I'm not going to try and, you know, make, you know, diagnosis based on that type of stuff i i i wouldn't be able to if i tried yes uh, also not it, a medical it just, professional over yeah here. <laughs> it just it it doesn't on first glance it doesn't seem great and um i know that this is going to spark a lot of talk of whether if jack eichel will leave the sabers um so who knows but i know that the sabers right now are kind of a mess um and this this uh this definitely does not look good on them at all um but again we'll wait and see if things progressed a bit differently, but it is, it's another one of those things where like this quote came out and people are like, Oh no, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jack Eichel, but he's like, I'm sorry, Sabres fans, but Jack Eichel is might be, might be leaving. That's what people are thinking. Anyway. Yeah. Just the tone of it all. It It's like, he mentioned that there was a disconnect between him and management, which mm-hmm. is pretty bad for a star player making $10 million a year. You would think that that would be, you know, like you'd be simpatico in the, in an ideal world. Uh, Elliot Friedman also added to this uh, with some pieces of the CBA specifically about uh, how this interaction works um, The in terms of like getting a second opinion. Uh, if the player goes with the um, with the second opinion, all costs of the treatment are borne mm-hmm. by the player, not the team, which I guess is like kind of fair. But I thought like these guys would be insured, so it, it's just weird to me. But mm-hmm. also, uh, the player has to provide all relevant records to uh, the club physician, and it's the club p- physician that determines the diagnosis or course of treatment, including mm-hmm. the timing of if you need surgery or anything like that. Uh, after considering reports from other outside physicians and giving them consideration. That, I mean, I understand why it is this way, but that seems pretty crazy to me. Like, yeah. just the fact that you don't have the freedom to get your own medical opinions. And, you know, like, I mentioned Eric Lindros. Like, we know, like, and I don't want to besmirch all team doctors with a wide brush, but, like, there is a different um, motive, or not necessarily motive, but different um, view of injuries from a team employee than there is from an independent physician. And mm-hmm. we see it with players going back on the ice with concussions where they, you know, are quote unquote, not concussed according to a team physician. And then they get a second one and they're out long term. Uh, obviously 99.99% of doctors will have their patient's best interests in mind, but sometimes there are considerations or things that are on the line of what a player should be held out for or shouldn't. And that, that, line gets moved a half centimeter or I guess I'll, you can put it in inches for our American <laughs> listeners. Wow. Uh, At least I understood centimeters. Yeah, you know, like a, a half small. centimeter over just to allow that player to play and like especially happens in the playoffs. But like my, my point is uh, if I was a player, I would often, if I have a serious injury that I feel is not being treated appropriately, be going to a second opinion. And it seems like the NHL continues to restrict the ability of players to do that. And I just find it crazy considering... I remember reading a story when I was younger that Eric Lindros was so concussed that like there was a possibility of him having like hemorrhaging if he were to get on a flight at one point in his career. And he stayed off the flight after recommendations of an outside doctor and the flyers went like nuts on him because he was like keeping himself out of games. And like, I remember the whole controversy about Eric Lindros and people calling him like a wuss and stuff because he was almost like a trailblazer in terms of, 
holding himself out for concussion reasons, and it did greatly impact the length and impact of his career, uh, how many concussions he took from being, you know, uh, such a physical player, uh, taking it and giving it. So it it's, it's crazy to me that we haven't moved on past this, but uh, we should probably get into our main story mm-hmm. here, and uh, we're going to start out with the Vesna. Uh, this is always really tough to predict, but... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just to start off on a on a different foot on this one, uh, former Vesna winner Ryan Miller played his last game uh, for the Anaheim Ducks this weekend, and unfortunately he, he did not have a great game, which kind of sucks. I think it was like eight forty save percentage. I I would have liked to see him have a nicer send off, but I guess he is playing for the Ducks. They're not exactly a good team. Yeah, you can't you can't unfortunately pick how you go out. Yeah, like, it it just kind of is what it is. It is. So, but he's unless uh, you're like I'm Ray sure- Bork. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it, but the dude's had a, a really good career. Yeah. Um, I mean, won the Vezina um, champions, like the the U.S. Olympic team, which was which was a fun time. Led I in a great fun... overtime goal in the Olympics. <laughs> I have very fond memories of him in the Olympics. I mean, I know, you know, all that type of stuff, but it, you know, um, he's been uh, he's been around and it's been it's wild to see him finally, finally, you know, go out and stuff and the the hug he had with his parents i saw um i saw that video it was very emotional and you could tell that you know it mean it meant a lot that his parents were there and um like like you said i mean he's on the ducks now he hasn't really been you know making waves in terms of like you know impact on the ice um for some time but dude's a dude's a really great goalie and he's had his accolades and stuff and um Good to see him get a send off like that, because I mean, even though the game wasn't in his favor at all, it still was a very nice moment. I mean, yeah, it didn't. Uh, he got handshake. Yeah, he got handshakes from everybody at the end. It was just, it was just a really nice moment, kind of what you want to see. Uh, it sucks that there weren't, you know, more fans in the building to give him a bigger send off. But yeah, like you said, it. Like I said, it. You can't really choose how you go, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, that, that is kind of like the sad thing about this season is there's been some pretty historic stuff happening, but without the fans, it kind of takes some of the emotion from it. But yeah. That moment, you know, Ryan Miller kind of provided the emotion for everyone. It was, mm-hmm. it was great. And uh, I, I was looking at his page on NHL.com, and I was like, "He's forty. When did that happen? How yeah. old am I?" Yeah, I mean, he's been around for years and years. I mean, I, you if you look up his NHL page, you probably have how long his NHL career was. But he's been around for a very long time. Um, he has. So it, you know, I mean, it makes me feel a bit old because I do remember, you know, when. Uh, team usa was you know helmed by him and gold and um all that stuff so that was a very long time ago but i mean good for him he had a very good nhl career one of us and all that stuff it, it's sad it is sad to see him go though just because he was like a goalie of almost like another era in a sense i mean we're going to be seeing we'll be talking about you know mark andre Fleury. i mean i don't know how many years he has left but there's there's definitely like you know hallmark goalies that have that are going to be passing us by. I mean, Henrik Lundqvist, who knows if he's going to step out on the ice again. It's We're getting, like, starting to get, like, a big exodus of goalies from at least my past anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, it is sad to watch, but, you know, very good careers all around. It's, it's like, bittersweet, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, speaking of Marc-Andre Fleury, he's probably going to be in contention for the Vesna this year. Mm-hmm. I know, like... I think this is one of those awards where it's awarded by GMs, right? And I think GMs have proven over the entire history of the NHL that they're not very good at evaluating goaltending. And I think yeah, they always seem to put Carey Price up there at the top. When no offense to Carey Price, but I think that 
uh, he has not been one of the better goaltenders these last couple of years, but it always seems that Carey Price is talked about as well. That's the players, one of the top goaltender. Oh, really? Yeah, that's uh, the players voting that, which so. is even weirder. But you know. yeah, yeah. But I feel like GMs half the time they like go to the NHL's webpage and sort by save percentage. And they're like, okay, this guy at the top, which <laughs> you know, fifteen years ago would have been progressive because they were using goals against average instead and mm-hmm. giving it to Marty Brodeur with like a 920 or a 915 while Roberto Luongo had like a 936 and you're like oh okay because he mm-hmm. won lots of games well the other guy plays for the Panthers so he can't win lots of games <laughs> so it's like sort by save percentage sort by wins aha this guy but this year because uh, like save percentage can be misleading right because different players play in different situations uh, mm-hmm. teams their performance while the league has a lot of parity in terms of specifically shots allowed, there is a lot of variance. And even on the same team, uh, a goaltender, a goaltender and a backup can have vastly different uh, outcomes or inputs uh, that can skew the numbers. So it's really difficult to tease that out unless you have better data. And what I was looking at for the Vesna was evolving hockey. They have a goals above replacement model, essentially that says uh, like, how many goals a goaltender saved above what a replacement level player would save. Uh, mm-hmm. And for an award that is always murky in terms of who is going to win, this one I think might be even worse because <laughs> they had Marc-Andre Fleury, Andre Vasilevsky, Semyon Varlamov, UC Saros, and Connor Hellebuck all within one goal of each other. Hmm. So it's like at a certain point you could pick a name out of a hat which one is your favorite? You know, like usually there's like a standout, right? Like a couple years yeah. ago, Pecorine had that f- sensational season. Or I like, mean, last year Connor Hellebuck was yeah, he, like, was the was the standout, yeah. Right? And Hellebuck is still great this year. He's in the mm-hmm. running, but all those guys, their performance has been, according to uh, the evolving hockey model, about the same. Yeah. So it's like, what do you use to differentiate between them? Mm-hmm. And I, to me, I look at Flurry. Vasilevsky and Varlamov all play for very strong teams overall mm-hmm. and defensively. UC Saros and Connor Hellbuck do not. So for me, it's between those two. Mm. Interesting, because I would have just, you know, just glancing at everything, just like the stats and stuff. I mean, it, it feels like almost conventional wisdom is going to give it to Vasilevsky this year. I don't yeah. think that, you know, Connor Hellebuck, who, you know, has a strong case in my opinion, but I don't know if, I mean... The Jets in the past couple of weeks have just been kind of a tire fire at five on five. And like, I don't know if that's kind of tanked his numbers a little bit, but he doesn't seem to have as strong of a case this year as he did last year, because last year he was just, like you said, dragging them to the playoffs. And this year he's kind of done the same thing. But I think that maybe the Jets scoring helps them a little bit more this year um, in terms of getting them there. But I think conventional wisdom would have Vasilevsky winning um, just because he is leading like near the top in save percentage and also is leading um, goaltenders of wins with 31 compared to Philip Grubauer's 28 in Colorado. So if I had to just guess where it's going to go, it's probably going to go to Vasilevsky, but you make a good point in terms of like who is like not like who, which goaltender doesn't have the support that the Vasilevskys, the Flurries, the Varlamovs have in terms of like their defensive structure. Yeah, and and I think there's some things that models can miss a little bit. I think when you're on a team that gives up a lot, there's like a compounding factor for goaltenders that is hard to really quantify. Like you see a goaltender who just faces brutal shots against every single game 
huge volumes of them. At a certain point, it just starts to pile up. And even when they play extraordinarily well at the beginning, by the end of the game, you know, you can get worn down. And I, I think we have to find a way to mentally account for that. But uh, let, let's let's each pick pick one. I think pick who you think is going to win. I think you would go Vasilevsky. Yeah, Vasilevsky. Because name value, let's face it, helps a lot mm-hmm. in this. Uh, and who do you think should win? I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with you that Vasilevsky is going to win just because of name value. But I would give it to UC Saros. Interesting. I mean, because he has, you know, dragged the dragged the Predators in very much a Connor Hellebuck fashion. Exactly, um, yep. Uh, dragged the Predators to that last, you know, playoff spot in the Central. And good for them. I mean, we what was it? How many weeks ago we were talking about them selling? Or just yes. like, I mean, they were supposed to be the big sellers at the trade deadline. And look at where they are now. And, you know, in a playoff spot with... I mean, they're going to face what Carolina, right? Is the is who they're facing in the first round? So I mean, they're probably going to have a tough go of it, but still, like they made a really good rebound, and a lot of that is on Saros. So I kind of would, I kind of would agree that maybe he deserves it because he did get the Connor Hellebuck treatment in terms of like how he pushed his team. I did look up, I did look it up though. The Connor Hellebuck does have the most like saves, like he has saved the most shots um, this season. I mean, Vasilevsky is just behind him, but uh, so that's fun, but. I feel like I might go with Saros too, just because you convinced me in terms of what he did and considering, you know, Vesna people do like that stuff where, you know, you drag a team into the playoffs and it's all kind of on you and stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't think that there's any bad pick here, in my opinion, because they're all so even in terms of what they have done this year. There's no big standout, but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. And you know, UC Saros, I think what tipped it over for me is when I was looking at stuff for our next segment and I was looking at who could be nominated for the heart and I looked at what he's been able to do this year and I was like, is he a long shot heart nominee? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, if you're going to be nominated for the heart, you're probably the best goalie too. But we're going to talk about the heart in the next segment. First, we're going to talk about our sponsor. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon... You should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can make or can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. You saved a bit of money by staying home during the pandemic. Maybe you've you know kept your employment the whole time. You've got some stuff saved up. Send it over to Wealthfront. Make it grow. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do all the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W E A L T 
L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-F-R-O-N-T.com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. So, the heart. Uh, I, I swear this is the award that every year people <laughs> get the most upset about. And the reason is clear. Um, most valuable player is a nebulous concept, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people see that as most valuable player in the league. And so like best player, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that the award says most valuable to their team. Yes. So that introduces a whole level of, you know, bias that can, can enter in or subjectivity. And because of that, you have things like where McDavid was clearly the best player a few years ago, but Taylor Hall won the heart because he dragged his team kicking and screaming into the playoffs. Well, McDavid wasn't able to do that with the Oilers. And obviously there were many things that worked against McDavid that year because he was better than Taylor Hall. But at the end of the day, for a lot of people voting on this award, making the playoffs has a lot more value than not. So if it's the most value, Making the playoffs matters. Now, the reason why I wanted to talk about the heart was Rob Rossi, who covers <laughs> the Penguins, had oh, an boy. amazing thread the other day. And he was talking about how if Crosby doesn't win the heart this year, it's anti-Penguins bias. Oh, boy. All right. It's It was incredible. All right. <laughs> I want <laughs> to I wanna say something. <laughs> I want to say something here because Penguins fans, do not get me wrong. Your team is great. But and they've been great for a, very, for a very long time. Don't get me wrong. You guys won two Stanley Cups recently. Sidney Crosby's obviously one of the greatest of all time. But you guys really have to stop thinking that the NHL has a bias against you. Oh my God, yes, please. It's I, so obvious they don't. I, I know as a Flyers fan, this probably comes off as, you know, like, oh, you just hate the Penguins. No, I don't hate the Penguins, the team. I mean, I... You know, when you guys used to employ, like, people that would, you know, go headhunting against the Flyers uh, back in the day, that I didn't like. But now your team is, like, really solid. And when they won their Stanley Cups, they won them in terms of, like, skill and stuff like that. So your team, perfectly fine. But Penguins fans always have this, not all of you, but a lot of you have this, like, holier-than-thou attitude where you're like, we can never do anything wrong. Everybody hates us. Nobody gives us the respect we deserve. No, we do give you the respect you deserve. But I hate to say it, but Crosby, great player. If the if the Penguins win the Stanley Cup this year, probably going to be, you know, the MVP in the playoffs. Just the way he's been playing this year. But you can't not give it to Connor McDavid this year. The I dude know. had 100 points in 53 games. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Just there is no anti-Penguins bias. We know your guys are good. But Connor McDavid had a historic run this year. You can't not give it to him. It, it <laughs> and was, if it Rob was... <laughs> Rossi wants to come on the show and defend his point, fine. But I know this dude has had these galaxy brain takes in the past, but I'm I'm not here for it. <laughs> no. And I mean, th- that is the thing about the heart, right? It is the award that's ripe for galaxy brain. Yes. And McDavid's fell victim to it a couple times now where he probably should have won the heart. Like, if you're really going, like, strictly most valuable player in the league. But... This year, we, we got to stop it. We got to mm-hmm. stop it. It's McDavid. 
enough. It's McDavid and then just two other randoms. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah, sorry like, to, the I'm other sorry guys to don't Sidney matter. Crosby. I'm sorry to probably Sidney Crosby and Austin Matthews, who are probably the two other nominees. Yes. But it's, it's McDavid by a mile, and it's not close. It really isn't. Like, no. All the respect to Sidney Crosby and Austin Matthews, who we'll, we'll, we will talk about here, I am sure. But there is no anti-Penguins bias. There, you just can't not give it to McDavid. You can't. And, like, I get it. Crosby also helped his team a lot. He stayed he stayed healthy through the entire season, I think, which is, you know, kind of remarkable given his ish- injury history. And, you know, the Penguins had, like, a bunch of man games lost to injury this year and um, went through a GM change unexpectedly. Um, so I don't think we're going to talk about, um, you know, head coach of the year, um, and stuff like that here, but I think Mike Sullivan has an, a great case for that. Um, but I don't think we're going to talk about that here, but I just want Penguins fans to cool their jets just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really need to. And it's, it's like very obvious. Like I was going, I was going through it and you know, the, the Penguins, it's great that uh, Crosby was so good and mm. they had uh, a lot of injuries. But have you seen the Oilers when McDavid's not on the ice? Like, seriously? That nothing happens. Oh, my God. And, like, I, I had to laugh because I think part of it is, like, a bit of a troll from from Rob Rossi. Because it later in the be, thread, cause... when people asked him about it, he was like, well, I, ha- I recused myself from voting for the heart this year because I haven't watched the other divisions enough to to – feel comfortable in my choice. And it's like, then why would you say it's anti-Penguins bias? What are you talking about? And like, I went through some stats for McDavid this year. He has a 21 point lead on Dreisaitl for the year, which is crazy considering how good Leon Dreisaitl is and that they're playing together. But then you go from players that are not on McDavid's line. The next best player in the league in terms of point production is Brad Marchand. He's 33 points behind McDavid in a 56-game season. Mm. Are you kidding me? And the crazy thing is the gap of 33 points between Marchand and, like, 33 points behind him would have him 95th. So if you take Brad Marchand and whoever's 95th, whether it's Steven Stamkos or Nino Niederreiter, and you do the Dragon Ball Z fusion dance and <laughs> combine them together, then you get one McDavid. And, like, Brad Marchand is incredible. Yeah. Nino Niederreiter is a fantastic first-line winger. Steven Stamkos played fewer games, so it's a little bit worse of an example, but still a fantastic player. Like, I, I looked at goals above replacement on Evolving Hockey, right? What players mm-hmm. are driving goals better? Uh, McDavid? His goals above replacement this year is 25.7. The next best is 17.9. The gap between first and second is equivalent to the gap between second and 11th. Like, he is just, he is doing something this year that I don't think anybody in hockey ever expected to happen again. And that is he is dominating point production to the level adjusted for era of Wayne Gretzky. And mm-hmm. maybe he'll never be able to do it again. Maybe this season is. You know, lightning in a bottle. It was the perfect situation for Connor McDavid. We don't know until we see next season and the year after. But what has happened this season is astonishing beyond words. And if Mm -hmm. we get a situation where even one NHL writer does not vote him for MVP, I am going to riot. We're going to get that, I'm sure. I'm, I'm positive we're going to get that because I know how this league works. I know how its media works, sadly. Um... But you're right. I saw this insane stat. I don't have the exact numbers, but Conor McDavid put up like 30-some points in his last 11 games. Something to that effect. That's bananas. The dude was like seeing all these takes like, oh, he's not going to hit. He's not going to hit 100 points or whatever. 
in 56 games. And then he just goes out and is like, I'm going to hit this incredible mark in these games and just blow everyone else out of the water. It's just, it's wild what he's done. And also I looked it up as you were talking, Andrew, but Rob Rossi was that person that, you know, chirped um, at the time Caps coach Barry Trotson composed a wrestling promo um, after like an exchange the two had. So Rob Rossi's been, been this kind of guy for years now. I, when I heard his name, I was like, all right, that's the guy that had that like stuff against the Capitals back in the day when like, you know, Capitals and Penguins fans were going after each other for, like, headhunting in the playoffs, like the team's headhunting in the playoffs. I don't remember the specifics, but um, but there's that. But, yeah, going back to McDavid, the dude's just blowing everyone out of the water this year. And I know that we talked about a little bit, I think, when we didn't get, like, when the media didn't give McDavid the heart uh, some years back just because he didn't, you know, drag his team to the playoffs. But it's... <laughs> It's hard not to feel that that was a mistake now. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, it you really... look at where his career is trended versus Taylor Hall. And no disrespect to Taylor Hall. He's great, mm-hmm. but it, it ain't close. Yeah. I mean, the benefit of hindsight, we're just like, man, we mis- we messed up on that one for sure. Yeah. Galaxy brain. <laughs> and we yeah. got to stop galaxy braining this award. And maybe it we comes do. down to just making it a little bit more simple. I, I think it's, do it, think... we do have to stop, from, stop it from just becoming straight up the best player because we already have that award. It's the Ted Lindsay Award. It's just voted on mm-hmm. by the players. And I, I've seen some media say, like, oh, well, we don't get to vote on that award. Uh, too bad. You don't get to vote <laughs> on the Vesna either. Two so things. who cares? Do you think, A, we needed, like, the NHL needs a new award for the best player? Like, nah. do we need to create a new award for the best player so we can have two separate, so we don't have to have this argument every time it comes up? No, we need to elevate the importance of the Ted Lindsay Award. Okay. I, I think maybe that should be the last award presented instead of the heart. Mm-hmm. Uh it's voted by the your peers. You know that's more important than what the media thinks in terms of most valuable player. I think. But we of course, do... it's the media, and we need to navel gaze as much. Yes, as possible, we do. Andrew. But I think it's it's a very Canadian hockey thing to be like, oh, the most valuable player, the player who did the most for his team. And the it's second a, thing, it's a selfless act to be the MVP, right? The second thing I was going to ask: Do you think? Connor McDavid gets this level of disrespect if he's playing for anybody but the Edmonton Oilers, if he's playing on the Maple Leafs, if he's playing on the Rangers. Do you think that if he's more in the eye of the media? Because let's face it, Edmonton, you're not going to be watching those games all the time. They're on at 9 o'clock on the East Coast. I mean, McDavid got his 100 point at, what, like 15 minutes before midnight? Like on, what was it, a Saturday night? I don't remember specifically what day of the week it was, but like you're not staying up watching the Oilers all night. And I, no offense to the Oilers or the city of Edmonton, which I'm sure is a great city, but do you think that it also has something to do with it that McDavid's not getting the, I guess, national, like the respect from the rest of like the media he deserves? Yeah, it's, of a, it? it's a multi layered problem, right? It, it has to do with being on the West Coast is always harder mm-hmm. for uh, media driven awards. Uh, being on the Oilers, who have been historically not very good, and they have failed to build around them, that hurts. Uh, being in Canada, I think, hurts outside of Toronto. Uh, Toronto gets their own media- level of media coverage. But outside of Toronto and Canada, I think it's easy for a lot of American writers to just ignore it because mm-hmm. the Canadian teams just haven't done a lot in recent years. But at the end of the day, McDavid is doing something that we might never see again. Mm-hmm. Right. So like we, we probably shouldn't be have seen it ever again after Gretzky. So it's it's the kind of thing where like just put the name down and it's over. Yeah. Just don't don't ever think it. Yeah. And Stop at least consolation, consolation prize to Austin Matthews. He's going to get the Art Ross. Um, he uh, Rocket Richard. 
Or Rocky Richard, thank you, for 40 goals this year. So, like, at least consolation prize to the Maple Leafs fans. I don't, I haven't heard them complaining as much in terms of, like, you know, getting Austin Matthews his due for the heart. But I don't know if that's just because they're, you know, nervous about the the upcoming playoffs and their energy has shifted elsewhere. But I, I, I've seen some from Leafs fans, but not 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 a lot. I think they know that, like most people, most reasonable people know, like most fans, I think are not driving anything away from McDavid right now. It's mm-hmm. just like the galaxy brain people who want to be hipsters. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be McDavid. All and I get it. I get Matthews. the I get the one to be like. Can we think out of the box here? But no, just don't overthink it this year. Not it's this Connor year. McDavid. Yeah, it's Connor McDavid. If he, if you know something crazy happens again next year, and we're looking at like a Vezina situation from this year where like everybody is like equal and like there's no real standouts, then we can maybe galaxy brain a little bit. But like you don't need to galaxy brain this year. No, it's not we're not going to galaxy brain this year. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we're going to talk about the Norris Trophy, which is another tough one to award, but we're going to try to make our picks and. On Thursday, coming up this week, we're going to talk to NWHL rookie, Denalang Award winner, Soroya Tinker. We're really excited for this one. Mm-hmm. We were, we've been trying to get Soroya on the entire time we've been doing this podcast. We finally got her. She's awesome. Uh, we're excited to bring that to you this week on Thursday. Next up, the Norris Trophy after this. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and the NHL playoffs are about to start. We're about to find out who's facing who in the first round, the best round of all history that we can have. Like, it's going to have in-division, we're going to have rivalries like crazy, and it's going to be an incredible betting experience. This year, going through the playoffs, once you get outside of the division, teams haven't played each other yet, it's going to be crazy. You're going to be able to make some of the craziest bets you've ever thought of. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs into the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. As lockdowns are lifting a little bit in the USA and Canada starting to vaccinate everybody, we're going to get back to the road trip season soon. And if you're going to be going on road trips, well, you better maintain your cars. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everyone and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is also a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, 
Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right, Mary, the Norris Trophy. This is another one. It's kind of like the Vesna. I feel like every year you kind of figure out who riders across hockey want to win, like mm-hmm. in in a normal season in like November, December, because they start talking about like, oh, this person's due, <laughs> this person's due. And I remember this. This kind of it didn't start there, but the biggest example was when Drew Doughty won, and it, it. I don't even know if October was over yet, and you saw national writers being like, you know, Drew Doughty. I can't believe he's never won a Norris. He's really due for a Norris. <laughs> and it was like destined the whole season long that Drew Doughty was going to win the Norris, despite the fact that Eric Carlson was better than him. Now, I, I remember when I crunched the numbers for that season, uh, even though, you know, Carlson did deserve to win, it wasn't that far off. Like, people were underestimating Doughty to make a point uh, about Carlson, and they're, they were just very dominant in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And I understood why people leaned Doughty just because people like the more conservative player in hockey. It's a very hockey man thing to do. But... Then you had a couple years later when Victor Hedman won. And when Victor Hedman won the Norris, it was probably his worst season in the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, he's due. He's playing on the number one team in the league. And he shouldn't have won. And it seems like the same thing's happening this year where Hedman is having an okay season by his standards, but not blowing the doors off of anyone except for offensively. And it seems like he's the odds-on favorite once again. Yeah. I mean, it, rem- it kind of reminds me last year because, I mean – when John Carlson like jumped out to that like incredible offensive start and everyone's like, Oh, he's due. He's due. We're going to give it to him. And then it ended up being Roman Yossi because he kind of fell off a cliff uh, offensively after that start. Um, so it kind of reminds me of that because that always seems to happen. You're right. There's it, that and the Selkie um, always seem to be, you know, he's due except, you know, it's Brad Marchand, which is why I'm glad Trent Couturier won it last year because no more Brad Marchand. We don't, we progress past <laughs> the need for Brad Marchand at the Selkie trophy. Um, so uh, or Patrice Bergeron, I guess, is who it was. Yes, Bergeron. Yes. Point still stands, though. We progressed past the need for Brad Marchand, too, at this point. Um, but, I mean, speaking of Bruins, you've got, like, young players like Charlie McAvoy, um, who's, you know, been taking minutes from both, um, like, from Tory Krug um, and excelling at it. I mean, like, you've got, like, a bunch of young players, like Adam Fox, I mean, I guess, might be the trendy pick this year. If I, if I had to guess, he might be the trendy pick. I mean, I know, like, a lot of people want, you know, Victor Hedman because he is, you know, the big name. But, like, Adam Fox has really surprised me this year with what he's done offensively and um, even defensively, too. He's been really solid this year. So, like, I could see Victor Hedman taking it, but I hope in my heart of hearts that it's, you know, somebody like Adam Fox or even Kale McCarr. Like, I'd love to see one of, like, the new young bloods um, get one over, I guess, on, like, the the old grizzled veterans of the NHL because, like, there really seem to be a lot of great young defensemen um that have cropped up this year and have you know made it competitive yeah and i think this is something where like the norris trophy in terms of like awarding it's not too bad like most years i think that either the best like our most deserving player does win or like it's in the top three or so but when you look at like the evaluation of sports writers overall i think it just legs behind the reality a little bit Mm -hmm. like you look at last year and 
between Adam Fox, Quinn Hughes, and Kale McCarr, you know, they were talked about as like rookie nominees, but all of them could have been nominated for the Norris last year. Mm -hmm. Like they were incredible. And then like Charlie McAvoy, Adam Fox, Kale McCarr again this year, they, they should be in it. And I think the whole young man's game idea in hockey just gets applied more towards forwards and defensemen. Mm -hmm. I think people tend to think that the grizzled vet on D lasts longer, but defensemen, I think break down a little bit quicker than forwards. You look at like, I think Drew Doughty's had a bit of a recovery this year, but you look at like PK Subban, he his he's fallen off significantly. He I think he's only thirty years old or thirty one years old. Mm-hmm. You know, injuries played a part, but Eric Carlson, same thing. Injuries played a part. He's fallen off significantly. Uh, those players that I don't I don't want to say we grew up on, but I think when you and I were entering the writing field, it was like Carlson, Doughty, Subban were the triumvirate of dominating defensemen, right? Yeah. And now all those guys. I think Subban gets less respect because, well, let's let's face it. I, I think we all know why he gets mm-hmm. less respect overall. Uh, we, we don't have to say it out loud, but uh, we all know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, those three guys have like clung on pretty well to the top spots. But now, it's it's we got to move past, right? And like yeah. Hedman's kind of in that group as well. Uh, he's a little bit younger than them and peaked for like I, I guess a little bit longer. Uh, he's still great, but. Probably shouldn't win a Norris this year. He could win another Norris next year. He's he is that good. Yeah. But uh, these young guys, they are the guys of the future, and I think the future is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kale McCarr for me is the guy. Uh, I would nominate him for for the Norris. He'd be my number one pick. He actually led all defensemen in goals above replacement this year, according to Evolving Hockey, in just forty one games. Yeah. And that's a cumulative stat, right? It's not a a rated stat per 60, nothing like that. It's cumulative over all the games you've played. And the impact that he's had has been better than anybody else, which is nuts. The only thing that I think that works against Makar a little bit is that with Devon Taves, Sam Gerrard, like that's a really deep decor. And I think Mm -hmm. when Makar was out, the Avalanche didn't struggle. And the Norris sometimes I think gets looked at as the heart for defense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point, um, and it it would be really fun to see Kale McCarr um, win it this year because I know last year didn't he have a he have a like a solid push too? I think yes, or at least from like the analytics people, I remember that like there was like a solid push for him to be like a dark horse candidate for this award, and you know, like I said, you have Adam Fox and Charlie McAvoy who could also be there, but like I. Like we said with the Vesna, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the consensus pick is Hedman just because I know how the media works. Um, and I know that that's where, a, like, a large majority of probably the, like, older hockey media men TM would go, yeah. if I had to guess. Um, but don't be shocked if you get one of those young guys, you know, making a big groundswell, uh, getting a big groundswell of support. Um, I could see being Adam Fox. I know that um, just because I, you know, see a lot of East Division stuff um, just from being around the flyers and stuff like that. Like I've seen a lot of support for him. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he gets a big push, but Kamakar really honestly could take it too. I think for me, it's between the two of them. Um, like you said, but I would kind of like to see Adam Fox get it because I know a lot of Rangers fans really have been really pushing for that. And the dude kind of deserves it too. He's been really solid and, you know, offensively he's been a star too for them. And yeah, I think you could make a pretty strong argument that Fox is like the biggest cog in making the Rangers semi-competitive right yeah. like they're not going to make the playoffs this year obviously but 
I think they're further along on the rebuild than they were supposed to be, which is He's like, definitely having more of an impact than their, you know, major, you know, first round grabs over the last couple of years and like Capo yes. Caco and, you know, all that. So like he's really had like a bigger impact and he's a defenseman and you wouldn't normally think that. So I think that also plays a big part into it too. So Yeah, and I think the most exciting thing about this, and I feel like we barely even have to discuss this anymore because we're in agreement, is that <laughs> Makar is twenty two, Fox is twenty three just turned 23 by the way in february and mcavoy is also 23 until next christmas so these are three players who are absolutely dominating the league and they have like a decade left to Mm -hmm. be great players that's awesome and i i wish that we could have a situation in the nhl where young players on defense were able to jump into the league a little bit quicker because it seems like they get held back a little bit more Mm -hmm. and we'd be in such a better situation if they weren't. Yeah. But it would be fun. But like I said, I knowing how this works, um and knowing years past, I wouldn't be surprised if Victor Hedman gets it again. Not to take anything away from him though cuz you no, know. he's still great. Yeah, he's, he's just great. not the best. Yeah. He's been really great, but he's just not the best defenseman this year and we'll see. I have no um voting power in this award unfortunately, so I guess this is the only place I can, you know, put my thoughts. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, I, I think maybe there might be another long shot, and it depends on if the NHL writers go, you know, full, not galaxy brain, but like old school, mm-hmm. and they look at Jacob Slavin in mm-hmm. uh, in Carolina, because he's a guy who I think for a long time it was only analytics people talking about him, uh, because his point production just wasn't huge. He was just like a defensive demon mm-hmm. who transitioned the puck exceptionally well, and now like his offense has come along a little bit, and he's clearly the Carolinas uh, Carolina Hurricanes' most important defense defenseman. He's just fantastic, and I think now establishment media has really caught on to Jacob Slavin, and plus he had that crazy highlight of one of the best saves of the year. Yeah, that's true. I I wouldn't be surprised though if we get like a Hurricanes like stealth pick for like one of the um the other awards we didn't talk mm-hmm. about like the Selkie or the Jack Adams like Jordan Stahl could be a Selkie candidate like you you never know like it always feels like the Hurricanes are like always stealth like dark horses for these awards just because like they don't really get talked about often but they're analytics darlings you always get the analytics community throwing their support behind them and like Rod Brindamore's done a great job had like coaching the the Hurricanes this year so like don't be surprised if he's in on the mix too so like I, even if um you know Slavin doesn't get his like defensive due I wouldn't be surprised if we see Carolina you know sneak in and those other words we didn't get to talk about yeah absolutely uh coming up we're gonna do our new segment the pop culture roulette and uh we got some cool stuff to talk about I'm gonna ask Mary what games she's playing right now but first a word from our sponsors Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And personally, Mary and I can't wait to get our Built Bars because that's one of the perks of hosting a Locked On podcast is enjoying some Built Bars. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut. Coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. Now, I can't wait to figure out what my favorite flavor is, but I do have a guess. I think it's going to be the mint brownie because I am a huge sucker for mint chocolate. I can't wait to try it when I get my first ever Built Bar box. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 
Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. A couple of the flavors have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, and 5 grams of sugar with 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie, whatever you like. You getting hungry yet? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So Mary, uh, this weekend I actually got like a couple or a little bit of time to myself uh, on Friday where I didn't have much work to do. The kids were at daycare and I thought, you know, I paid for, I think it's like PlayStation Now over the holidays because I mm-hmm. wanted to let Dylan try out Little Big Planet, and uh, he had some fun with that. But I, I just don't get a lot of time to play games on my console anymore with two kids. But I <laughs> I saw that they had that uh, new uh, Square Enix Marvel's Avengers game on PlayStation Now, and I was like, hell yeah, I'll play that for free. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded it, and uh, I heard a lot of negative a reaction to the game in terms of like a gameplay perspective and maybe it gets repetitive as you go on but uh i don't I don't know how big of a marvel fan you are but the game starts out you're playing as kamala khan miss marvel mm-hmm. and it's not a character that I knew, I knew a ton about i knew like her vague backstory but man she is incredibly endearing in that game they've really handled the story part uh really effectively it was a it was a fun start i've only played for a couple hours but uh i'm into it yeah i think a lot of the negative um reviews i guess from that game i haven't played it myself but um i had heard of it and i knew that there were negative reviews i think that has come from like the gameplay loop and it's like end game loop progression i wouldn't be able Mm. to tell you much about it because i don't play it i'm not usually um into those like i guess live service games i really only play like i mean i play i guess overwatch is like the multiplayer game i play the most um followed by i guess final fantasy 14 which is an mmo which I, I don't usually play, but I've heard great things about it, so I've been playing that. Uh, so multiplayer games usually aren't really my thing. Um, and I know that like live service games like the um, like the Marvel's Avengers stuff, I know can be can be multiplayer too. I know there's like that single player campaign, but a lot of the stuff is you know geared towards multiplayer too with its you know loop progression. But um, yeah, uh, it is great that you're enjoying it though. Um, I've played. Um, I am into Marvel, and I have played the um, Spider-Man game for PlayStation Four. Oh, I haven't played the. So good. I haven't. I didn't beat it, and I haven't played the Miles Morales game. Um, but, I haven't played Miles either. Um, I have a PlayStation Five, Excited. so my hope is to you know play. I guess the remastered version of Spider-Man right. PlayStation Four. You know to you know see all the like graphics updates and the like haptic triggers, which are really fun on the PlayStation Five and. You know, seeing how Miles runs. Well, I hope I want to get to that this year, but um, that was actually on my list of things to do before some games came out this spring. I had, I got my PlayStation Five in late December, early January. I think it was early January. I got it, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna play Demon Souls on PlayStation Five. Then I'm gonna play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I was gonna play Spider Man and Miles Morales um, before games like uh, Near Replicant came out and like a few other things in the spring. But that never happened because Assassin's Creed Valhalla took up a ton of my time, and I wasn't expecting it to. Uh, but that's great, though. I mean, it's it's a game I have on my radar, and maybe if, you know, I have PlayStation Plus, so maybe if it's, you know, on sale or, like, you know, maybe even free, I might, you know, check it out and download it. But it's really cool that you've been enjoying that game, because I know that I've heard some negative things about it, but it seems as if, like, you know, the gameplay is at least fun, so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun for now. Uh, I, I assume that 
towards the end of it, if you play it a lot, if you're playing multiplayer, like online, it might get a little bit repetitive, but yeah. uh, the skill progression seems pretty interesting. And I, I think it's a, it seems to be a fairly difficult game to have created because there's essentially a different combat style, like a uh, completely different combat mechanics for each character, right? Because mm-hmm. like... The they have a ton of characters the too. Same way as Black Widow, yeah. I don't, I don't. I mean, I'm just in the beginning of the story mode, so I'm really only playing with Kamala Khan and Hulk at this point. But mm-hmm. they kind of have like an intro where you get to play with all the different Avengers and yeah. see like the intro of, to their combat, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it turns out. And doing uh, that, it kind of put me in a Marvel mood, and I was <laughs> just like scrolling through Instagram over mm-hmm. over the weekend, and I saw a meme going around that just made me laugh. It was like how Marvel. Uh, treats their like uh their, their actors versus how w wbdc does mm-hmm. and they were talking about how uh for simu liu's birthday uh marvel didn't tell him but they released the trailer for his upcoming shang chi movie mm-hmm. and uh, he was like you know blown away on twitter super happy about it and then for henry cavill's birthday wb announced that they're recasting superman <laughs> it's like oh wow that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand why WB wants to clean slate because the Snyderverse did not go over super well. And yeah. I'm not but, really... Uh, I don't... I, the only DC movie I watched was the first Wonder Woman. I don't think I... Which was good. Yeah, it was. It was really good. That's why I watched it. I didn't watch the sequel, though. Um, and I'm not really into the DC sequel verse as much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did watch the DC TV shows for a little while. Like the, like you know, the Flash. The CW era. stuff? Yeah the, yeah, the CW stuff. I watched that for a little while, but I may have talked about it here, but... There's there were so there's so many of those shows and like having to watch them all uh, it just piled up a, a ridiculous amount of backlog for me um, yeah. on TV but at least for Henry Cavill you know he's got his successful Witcher stuff so I don't know you yeah, know he's not suffering that's for oh sure. no 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 and I'm very much looking forward to the next season of The Witcher um, whenever oh, yeah. that comes out because I'm I really enjoyed the adaptation to the first season I mean I played the game I played Witcher three so like I I have like a little bit of familiarity with the world and the characters and stuff but I don't know how it is in terms of like you know book adaptation but I guess segueing on um, segueing from a book adaptation I finished I started and finished Shadow and Bone on Netflix um, oh, over nice. the past couple of days and I think I talked about that last time how I was going to do that before um before you know our next show and I really liked it I mean I had I had only um really watched the show because I was a fan of like some of the characters from the six of crows books, which are in the same universe. And they kind of mashed the two book series, the shadow and bonus six of crows books together for this. So like they were off doing their own side adventure unrelated to anything from their book series. And then, you know, the shadow and bone plot was playing up, but I was intrigued. Um, and I actually liked it more than I thought I was going to in terms of like the stuff I wasn't familiar with. So very much looking forward to next season for that. Um, great casting, Ben Barnes, my beloved. I had a I had a crush on him growing up because he was in the Narnia movies, and good to see him there. He played a great villain. Um, I definitely recommend it if you're looking for like a like a uh, like a Witcher light, basically, because you know it's it doesn't have the same you know gore and um, you know sexiness or whatever. But it is it is a very nice fantasy show. I think. Awesome. I'll have to check it out. Before we move uh, wrap up the show, one last question for you, Mary: Is The Witcher the first good video game to television slash movie adaptation. I think so. I don't, I mean, maybe you can make the, the case for, yeah, uh, you can maybe make the case for Sonic the Hedgehog. I haven't watched the Sonic the Hedgehog I haven't movie, seen it yet, but I've, heard, but I've heard great things about it. So I, maybe so. you'll get back to me on that later, but it is. I mean, I know that the Witcher adaptation is more of an adaptation of the books than the video game itself. 
So I don't, I, it is so kind of, really, I, yeah. maybe kind of, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of both. I don't really know. Cause like, I, I guess more like Witcher book fans might get more upset about that comparison than me. Cause like I said, I only played the Witcher three. So that's the only basis I have going on, but like they're more at a, like adapting the books in that case, but it is, you know, in terms of like, it's a slight video game adaptation too. Cause most people probably are coming into the Witcher off of the video game and not the books. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it probably is the best. If I had to guess, maybe Sonic the Hedgehog might be a like a stealth competitor for that. I didn't see the new Mortal Kombat movie either. I, I was heard gonna some say people... the original Mortal Kombat. At least it has that banger of a song. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So like, but then it... they have weird things like, why don't we make Raiden a French guy? <laughs> instead, <laughs> yeah, instead of a they do make some weird. Is. They do make some weird adaptations uh, in video game stuff. I am interested to see because they're gonna do like a Last of Us, I think Netflix show or something. Yeah, with Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. So that'll be, I guess, something to look out for. Um, I never played those games. I'm only oh, vaguely familiar with them. But what you were talking about last week with the game, where it's like it, it does. I forget which game you were talking about. You were saying like it doesn't make you happy but it's like an experience oh the near games yeah 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 it's 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 very like it's not a horror game per se it's a little bit of that but it it's very heavy it's extremely heavy and it's like it's almost like a cinematic experience that you're just like involved in it's probably closer to like a play in a way like you know Mm -hmm. when you when you go see a play you're very into it like in it uh yeah the last of us is hard Mm -hmm. but also it's just a very very well crafted game. I think that series has serious potential. Oh yeah, I mean, from everything I've heard, that like, um, I mean, I know the second game, you know, was wishy washy for some people. I don't want to wade into that territory because I don't, uh, I don't know the full discourse or whatever. Um, yeah, we don't need to get the Gamergate people. Yeah, <laughs> but um, the franchise is incredibly popular, and I am interested to see that. I don't know if it's something I'll watch because. I know you said it's not horror, but like I usually do tend to shy away from horror games. I know uh, Resident Evil Village or whatever just came out. Um, and I've been enjoying the memes and stuff, but I don't want to go anywhere near that series because I'm a scaredy cat. So I'll take, you know, my <laughs> I'll take, you know, my easier uh, RPGs and like I'll stay away from anything horror like stuff like Returnal too. I know that that just came out and that's. I don't know if it's specifically horror, but it's, you know, got aliens and creepy stuff. And I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to stay away. <laughs> this game going to be for other people, but it's not for me. All right. That's all we've got for you this episode. We're excited to bring you Soroya Tinker next episode and our playoff preview show. Cause most matchups will be set by the time we record. We're super excited for the first round of the playoffs. I've just been like a kid waiting for Christmas day. Ever since we started talking about playoff stuff, the first round is the greatest time of the year. So we're going to talk to you on Thursday. See you then.